Hey folks, welcome to an interview-only episode of the MLF Bass Fishing Podcast. This one is with Nick Hatfield. He is a rookie on the Pro Circuit this coming year. Uh, super good dude, was great in college, has fished his way around the AAA ranks a pretty decent amount, and just might crush him next year. Uh, we'll see, obviously. You never can tell, but I'm certainly pulling for him. We have a good chat. Uh, before we get to that, though, I got some stuff to sell you. Few lures have stood the test of time like the original Rattle Trap by Bill Lewis. And now, with the help of Major League Fishing Pro Mark Daniels Jr., we're launching the SB57 and MR6. Go to rattletrap.com to learn more. Also, are you in need of a great career opportunity that gives you time to fish and spend time with the family? Neat Companies is looking for you. Neat needs Class A CDL drivers now. Competitive pay, 100% paid health insurance, 401k, tuition reimbursement, and more are just some of the benefits. Call Neat now at 833-463-NEAT to get your career started. That's 833-463-NEAT. And with that, here is the one and only Nick Hatfield. Alrighty, and now we are joined by Nick Hatfield, uh, Going to be a rookie on the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit next year. Qualified out of the Northern Division this year. Uh, was pretty amazing in college. Um, and uh, super hammer in East Tennessee. And also, as far as I can tell, uh, one of the nicest dudes uh, coming in this year. Nick, uh, good to be talking to you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jody. Um, I guess, like... Before we dive too far into why this was the year, um, do you want to just talk a little bit about how you ended up like being able to make the de- decision of whether to fish as a pro or not? Because, you know, you've fished the Bass Opens, you've fished in college, and then you fished the Toyota Series this year, and I feel like I kind of had to talk you into it, and you ended up having just a phenomenal season. Yeah, uh, so... After college, uh, you know, I wanted to pursue a career in fishing, um, but just I, I fished the opens for a couple years, had some success, um, almost qualified, and then I just I was spending so much money and time doing it. I, you know, I it wasn't paying the bills and this and that, so I just took a step away and took a couple years. I started a guttering business, and uh, you know, since then everything's just kind of fell in place. It's I started fishing the Toyotas. I, I just on a whim this year decided to go fish the Champlain one just because I like Champlain. Um, and it worked out really well. I, I did good. I didn't do great, but I did good enough to cut a check and uh, just said, the heck with it, I'll fish the rest of them. And ended up finishing, I believe, third in the points. Uh, and, you know, that was great. You know, I, I knew that I was going to get an invite for the pro circuit. But there was still a lot of thinking and a lot of you know, decision-making to do. So uh, it really came down to the wire, too. I think I was at the, the Toyota Championship, and on the way driving down there, I was like, you know, pretty much, I don't think I'm going to do it. I think I'm just going to spend more time with the business and just give it another year or two and keep fishing the Toyotas and the Opens, whatever. And I uh, actually, David Mullins, he uh, has been a good friend of mine for a while. 
and he he hooked me up with uh, Will Stewart over at Doomsday Tackle, and they you know are willing to help me out, and we had a discussion, and it went well, so it's where I am now. I, I'm blessed, you know, that people wanted to give me some support and help me do this, and I think it's you know the right timing and everything for me. So that's you know that's where I'm at now. I'm just gonna go out there and give it my all and see what happens. When you were when you were fishing the opens, I mean, you did do really well in, you know, a a number of events. But like also I feel like there were some times where like you were almost out of money, you know, like you were not that you were yeah, necessarily, sure. you know, fishing for a paycheck to get home, but it was a lot thinner. You- yeah, well, I you know, I was at home working just trying to save up enough money to go do it to have the money to get there and get home whether i made a check or not and it just you know it got old and if i had any advice for anyone coming out of college or whatever it might be that wants to do it you know you it was important for me to try to come up with a plan to you know make good money at home and you know my business is not the best business but it's snowballing and it's doing good and as long as i work hard at it and treat people how i want to be treated then you know to me it's just going to it's going to make good money and as long as I can keep that going and fish hard and try to, you know, put all the effort I can into them, then I'm hoping good things will happen. But, you know, like I said, if I had any advice for anyone, I think, you know, I would just try to make sure you have some sort of a plan, um, you know, to keep yourself in it financially because a lot of people, you know, fighter and Carl Jockinson that I've had the chance to meet and talk with, they're all, you know, big on, you know, just about anybody, you know, it's the old saying you can do anything that you set your mind to and with fishing you know if you want to qualify to fish as a pro and uh, move to the next level you just have to set your mind to it you just have to keep yourself in it and in fishing it takes a lot of money to do that but if you can come up with a plan or you know like I did start a business and just work hard then you know you can you can make it happen and that's really what I wanted to do was just provide myself a way to make money at home and to support myself fishing uh, because I'm not filthy rich and you know it, it's it's a lot of hard work but at the end of the day I'm I'm enjoying life and getting to do what I want to do so I'm I'm really you know excited about the year this will be my first year as a pro so I'm um, I'm hoping I can go out there and really compete and do well this year I feel like this year was maybe a culmination of a few factors I mean you're fishing really well at home. You had a business going well. Do you think just knowing how good you're catching them locally, knowing that you didn't necessarily have to worry about making a check, like, did that change how you fished when you went on the road? Did that help you, do you think? Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, it was a it wasn't that I just needed to cut a check. I was, I think I was just going fishing, you know, I was just going and having fun and just trying to do, you know, what I know to do. And it took a lot of pressure off for sure. Um, but East Tennessee, you know, is just known for a bunch of good fishermen and we have so many different lakes and we have small mouth and large mouth. We have shallow grass in places. So I've really gotten to fish, you know, what we see in a lot of the country. And, um, uh, going on the road and fishing those places it just you know all of that combined with the fact that i'm just out there having fun not stressed out about it just going fishing uh i think that was definitely a key in in my success 
in the Toyota series this year. All righty. I, I like it. Did you have, did you have any like really key moments this year? Obviously you made the top 10 at the Potomac and the way that tournament turned out, like it kind of could have been anyone's to win, but you know, if you look at the sort of year as a whole for you, I mean, you caught a 20 pound bag on day one at the St. Lawrence. You improved your weight on day two at Champlain. Like there were plenty of opportunities where it, you could have finished in, you know, 35th place and not qualified. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Champlain and the St. Lawrence, I had some mechanical issues on day two of both tournaments. And I think I was like maybe 12, 1 o'clock without a keeper in the boat. I think I had one keeper on Champlain early. And, uh, you know, had the mechanical trouble, got through that, and just kept a level head. And I think, you know, that for me was just – time on the water and time fishing these tournaments just the uh, I don't know what you would call it just the uh, confidence in knowing that I'm confident in what I'm doing and that the fish were there and I was able to turn those tournaments around like that but uh, I'd say that I really wanted to win the Potomac and I really thought I had a shot to win it I didn't know I had a shot to win it going into it, but as the tournament, you know, progressed, I, I really thought I had a good shot because my practice was really tough. I, I, I think I caught maybe six or seven keepers all practice, but it was the area that I'd found. I just, I'd seen some good fish in there. I saw some of the right activity and just put two and two together and it, it, it worked out. And I, I really wish that I could have won it. I was just, a, I think I was just like three pounds or something away from time first so and i only weighed 30 fish the last day so it really really killed me not to bring in more than that that day but all in all it was it was great three good tournaments in a row and that's what i was missing in in the opens i fished i i fished good in two or three of them and then it would come down to that last one or just one of the four and i dropped the ball so it was nice to get three good tournaments in and finish that well in the points for sure. Yeah, you're you're definitely not far off of the Potomac, and and you had like one of the biggest fish of the tournament that final day too. Um, that, yeah, was, that like, was awesome. Pretty amazing. <laughs> um, I guess like you in college, you know, you contended to win the national championship on the Red River. You've won college events on Gunnersville. You know, you qualified out of the Northern Division. Like, looking ahead to next year, do you feel like... I think you made a top 10 or a top 12 in an open at the Harris Chain once, maybe. Like, mm-hmm. do you do you feel like you've got any weaknesses or anything that could really derail your game? Or do you kind of think you just need to go and put it together? Um, I feel pretty confident in next year as far as the schedule goes, Sam Rayburn is the only lake on the schedule that I haven't been to. And I would say the only thing that worries me is just the two days of practice on a body of water that big. Um, but for the most part, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty versatile ang- angler and I feel like I can do, you know, what it takes pretty much anywhere to catch some. Uh, I, I do like the fact that I'm going to get the, you know, team back up and, and travel with my college partner, Corey Nace, 
think we're going to be able to, you know, really help each other out and bounce ideas off each other as we're practicing and fishing. So I think that's going to be something good for me. And, you know, obviously have where I've been to most of these places before, it's other than Sam Rayburn, that's, that's going to be a, a big, big part in, you know, helping me out, figure stuff out a little bit quicker because two days is, two full days is not as much. I mean, I, I when I fish the opens of the Toyotas, I don't try to fish four, five, six, seven days for practice. I normally try to stick to two or three. So I'm used to two or three days, but I don't know. I just feel like there's a little bit more pressure on me now since I'm actually in the pro circuit. So I'm going to have to make, make the most of my time those two days and see what I can come up with. I like it. I like it. I think that, I think, I think you're right that, you know, there could be some more pressure in those practice days because, you know, you're going to some pretty big bodies of water there and like two days is kind of different than two and a half days. You know, like you can mess up a little bit for two and a half days and find stuff. Two days, if you strike out, like it could be kind of hairy day one of the tournament figuring out where to run. So yeah. I do think the pressure is there. For sure, for sure. But you know how it is with tournaments. You kind of have to just keep an open mind and and can if you if you haven't found anything in two or three days of practice, you know, you just continue searching in the tournament. And I've had tournaments where that's really you know helped me in being able to do that instead of just sticking to the bites I had in practice and stuff. So it's uh it's one of those things. It is what it is, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm there's a lot of good fishermen in the pro circuit. A lot of big time pros that I've had the chance to fish against some, but not a lot. And I'm, I'm ready to see what I can do. What are your, uh, what are your goals for next year? I assume rookie of the year is sort of top of the list, but what's, uh, what are your expectations? Yeah, what do you want to accomplish? I, I really want to win one. I haven't had, I haven't had that big win. I've won some stuff at home. I've been close a time or two in the opens and Toyotas, but I really want to win one. So I would say, far as my goals for next year i'd like to win one or two and uh you know really go for that rookie of the year and of course make the title championship yeah which i mean title on the st lawrence like you could go and yeah, you finish last and you're probably gonna have a good time you know <laughs> yeah for sure for sure yeah i think uh I, I think that's a good way to way to be headed and like i i feel like it's you you talk about winning a lot and i feel like that's kind of the headspace you need to be in like even if it doesn't end up happening you kind of have to be trying for that win with that quality of field that with with as good as the field is and how hard the tournaments are if you try to do okay and do bad like that's not going to be good you know yeah no doubt it's uh I don't like to go out there and practice and just try to cut a check. Um, even the Potomac River, I knew I was sitting decent in the points with a chance to, you know, qualify and everything. But the Potomac, I, I told myself, like, I'm just going to practice and try to find the area or a pattern that I could win. And, you know, win, lose, or draw, that's what I'm going to do. And it seems, you know, more times than not, when I when I practice that way, when I'm actually trying to practice fishing to win is when I do better. So, that's going to be the mindset for next year is just to go out there, practice to try and win. And uh, whether I finish dead last in points or first in points, that's probably how I'll be all year. 
because that just seems to be what works best for me. And uh, hoping hoping that I can put the put the nail in the coffin on one next year. I really I really need to get a win in a bigger tournament, and I'm I'm hoping I can do that. Okay, I like it. What a like as far as the next few years go for you. You know what's I guess obviously it'll depend on how well you do and that sort of thing. But you know you've you've watched Corey fish the pro circuit for a while. I know you and Mullins like you are you're in you're in a bass fishing paradise as far as knowing pro anglers and being around it. Like, do you you want to do it for a living? Do you feel like you can envision a long term Nick Hatfield playing the sponsorship game? you know, making titles, like, is the long-term pro thing what you want to do, what you think you're going to accomplish? Yes, I hope so. I mean, that's uh, that's what I've been chasing pretty much since I was in college. Uh, you know, once I started college fishing, that was always the dream. That was always what I was after. And, uh, you know, it kind of dematerialized for me there as I started to run out of money, but once I kind of, you know, started the business and, and got back to tournament fishing real hard, it it's definitely what I want to do, and I definitely think I can do it. Uh, one thing I'm going to have to get better at is the sponsor side of things and the social media side of things. I'm, I'm not too good at running a camera or keeping my GoPro charged and always having it running. So it's uh, there's some areas there I can improve, but, you know, that's nothing that, there's nothing there that I can't do. So as long as I can improve on some of that and just uh, go out and fish, fish hard and just let the chips fall where they are, then I'll be, uh, I'll be happy with however it turns out. But I, I definitely do feel like that that's, that's what I want is a, a, a long-term career in fishing. So we'll see. I like it. Well, last year, as far as I can tell, your primary sponsor was grass pro. What's the situation going forward um well grass pro is actually just my brother's uh <laughs> lawn care and landscaping business so i was and he makes you know, great hoodies I, he does he does they're really nice but uh, so as as far as going forward um like i mentioned earlier uh a doomsday tackle has really stepped up and and they're going to help me out big time so they're going to be my title sponsor next year and then I have a few other companies that I'm going to work with, um, Hayabusa Fishing, um, Angler Tungsten, and um, a few others. I think most of them are just, you know, Power Pole Mercury, Camus Boats, um, this and that. But not a whole lot, but, you know, it's it's enough and it's what I needed to, to be able to do this next year. And like I said, I'm very blessed to have, you know, been offered the help that I've been offered and it's uh it's really been a blessing for me because you know like we've talked about this is a dream and i'm really excited about it i like it well i uh i mean i've told you i think you've got what it takes i am definitely looking forward to next year i feel like you know i feel like you have a really good schedule to start on because you're not a rookie who's like got one tournament at their home lake you've got a bunch of tournaments at places you've been i mean heck even in texas i mean like you've been to toledo bend you 
Corey made the top 10 at Rayburn last time. Like you've got some knowledge about that part. Like, I think that I feel like you're going into the year with, I don't want to call it a head start, but like, it seems like you're in a really good spot just from a mental perspective, from a fishing perspective, it feels right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because, uh, you know, I, Sam Rayburn, I've done some study on it already and, I'll continue to study on it until time comes, but it's, uh, that lake's got them and I love going to places like that. And I, I think once, if I can, if I can just start strong on Sam Rayburn, then, you know, I think the rest of the year I ought to be able to just, uh, you know, sit back and just go fish and have some fun because Gunnersville and Pickwick I've been on, you know, a, a bunch and I love those lakes and the Harris chain was really good to me the last time I was there. The James River was a lot of fun. Just had a little, uh, little bit of trouble on day two of the tournament I fished over there, but uh, I, I got to fit. I got to figure it out and the tides and stuff. And then of course, you know, going up north smallmouth fishing. It's that's probably my favorite. So um, really looking forward to it. And I do think that you know I'm in a good spot as far as schedule and you know having Corey with me and us traveling and you know working together again. I think it's going to be Thanks to me, a lot of fun. Nice. Well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to kind of wrap this up with some basically like a rapid fire section here. And I don't need a long answer for any of it, but, you know, feel free to elaborate if you want. And uh, then we'll, okay. you know, I'll let you probably get some dinner or something and I'll, uh, I'll work on this so I can go fishing tomorrow. But I guess off the bat, what's your favorite lake? Uh, probably Champlain. Oh man, you picked a good one. Um, what uh, what are the biggest largemouth, smallmouth, and spotted bass that you've caught? Um, the biggest largemouth was eleven four on Gunnersville. Um, the biggest spot was a four. I think it weighed four seventy two. I caught it on a little lake in Alabama called Wadawi. And then uh, my biggest smallmouth was a a six nine that I caught on South Holston. Caught it off the bed. <laughs> did you watch it like did you see it up shallow and watch it bite i i saw it like turn up in the rocks and it kind of went back down it was nested probably five six foot where i couldn't see it but i saw it up you know close to the top of the water and i pitched over there and before i even engaged the reel it had it golly so, that's incredible yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> what's your favorite technique um I have I have a bunch that I really like. Uh, I love throwing a frog. Uh, I like to catch them deep cranking, and I love dropping for smallmouth. Probably my top three. I don't know if I have an absolute favorite. I feel like dropping for smallmouth has gotten so much better now that you can watch them on you know forward yeah. facing sonar. <laughs> it's like way more exciting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, what's your favorite food? Um. A steak. Nice. You have a favorite boat snack? Um, it could be steak again if you want, but, you know, that's not... <laughs> I, I don't eat a whole lot when I'm on the boat. I need to. I'm like yeah, I heard it's good for you. Guy. Yeah, peanut butter crackers and... I don't know. I like those... Uh, 
little PBJ things. Uh, what are those called? Uh, oh, the ones in the bags, like uh, the yeah, un- the uncrustables. Yeah. yeah, those are pretty good for the boat. Those are clutch. Uh, do you have any superstitions about fishing? No, not really. I everybody says it's bad to have a banana in the boat, but I go fishing all the time. My dad will bring him, and doesn't seem to matter. So I don't really have any superstitions as far as I do like to be quiet. I hate when people are like stomping around making a bunch of noise in the boat, but I don't guess that's really a superstition. No, so I, I don't, guess I don't I have think any. so. All right. What's your uh, braid to fluoro leader knot? Oh, gosh. You had to ask, didn't you? <laughs> man, I, I use a uni to uni a lot. Oh, God. Man. My, everybody gives me crap about it, but I mean, I, I haven't had that much trouble out of it. I'm. I'm actually trying to teach myself to tie an FG knot. I've t- I can tie it, but it's just taking the time to do it, and I need to get quicker at it. And I think once I can, then I'll start using it more. But I uni to uni quite a bit. I used to be like hardcore Alberto. I could not figure out the FG. Every time I tried, it failed. And this fall, I am now an FG guy. I learned it before that open at the St. Lawrence, and I've been cruising ever since. So, you can do yeah, it. Yeah, well, me and, uh, me and Tyler Woolcott had a little, we tied up a uni to uni and an FG, and we were testing them, and my uni to uni lost every time. But <laughs> I do, uh, I, still, I still use it and like it, because like I said, I've had some success with it, so. And I mean, it's quick to tie, and like, you know, generally, you've got a drag, like, you're not. Yeah, for sure. You shouldn't be putting your knot to the limit every time, right? <laughs> No. Um, all right. Do you snell or not when you flip? I snell. I do. Okay. I like to snell when I flip. And then this is this is my last one, and this is because of you. What is the deepest bass that you've caught? Uh, I was actually on South Holston Lake and caught one, and it well, my bait was in like maybe eighty five, eighty six, and ninety four foot deep. And the fish was a smallmouth. It was a four and a half pounder. It came off the bottom in 94 feet and, and ate it. And I had to back reel him and everything to get him up without killing him. But that was the deepest one I've ever caught. Gosh, that's incredible. I feel like there's some Western guys that have probably got that beat. But as far as, like, East Coast, I can't imagine that, you know, there's too many people outside of people who fish South Holston who've done that. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, heck, for you sure. can't even find a hundred foot deep water in kentucky lake yeah i, know. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> oh. all right man well i i appreciate it i appreciate the time um and i am sure that you are gonna crack them next year uh or i hope so anyway um i guess before i let you go where should people find more of you if they want some gutter work done where should they go for that uh where should they follow you online all that jazz uh, my guttering business is just Hatfields guttering and siding. Um, and, uh, as far as social media, it's, uh, just Nick hat 47 on Instagram or Facebook is Nick Hatfield fishing. And, uh, like I said, I'm still working on it. So you guys will just have to wait. I'm going to have a lot, a lot of content ready for 2022. Only got like three or four more days left, but we're going to make it happen. And I appreciate you having me, Jody. And, Looking forward to next year. 
All right, man. Well, thanks a bunch for coming on. And uh, I will see you at Sam Rayburn in like about a month now. It's really sneaking up on us. <laughs> yeah, it's coming quick, coming quick for sure.